Welcome to Coach House Talks. I want to remind you of the scripture that I was given earlier in the year, and that was Ezra 3, 10 to 13. And it seems a re- at this time seems like a, a good time to reiterate our vision and to re-engage with the building of God's house here. Okay, and this is what it said in Ezra 3. When the builders completed the foundation of the Lord's temple, the priests put on their robes and took their places to blow their trumpets. And the Levites, descendants of Asaph, clashed their cymbals to praise the Lord, just as King David had prescribed. With praise and thanks, they sang this song to the Lord. He is so good. Now, we've already sung that this morning. He is so good. His faithful love for Israel endures forever. Then all the people gave a great shout. Praising the Lord because the foundation of the Lord's temple had been laid. But many of the older priests, Levites and other leaders who had seen the first temple wept aloud when they saw the new temple's foundations. The others, however, were shouting for joy. Their joyful shouting and the weeping mingled together in a loud noise that could be heard far in the distance. Okay. What I notice here is that God's people were obedient to the task of rebuilding the walls of the temple. There's the job. Go and do it. And they did. They were obedient to rebuilding the walls of the temple. There were some, however that wept when they saw that the foundations as they were being laid out. And it reminds me that people have precious memories. People have memories that are locked into their very core. And when they see things that are a little bit different or things that are not as they should be or as they think it should be, they actually wept. And maybe some of you feel like that as well. Now, we don't know whether they wept because the foundation wasn't as splendid as they'd previously known, or whether they wept at the restoration they were finally seeing. Nevertheless, they were obedient in building as the Lord directed. They kept on building. See, the top priority here was that they were being obedient to God's plan, not their own. Now, there may have been someone looked on the rebuild and wept, but the important aspect is both the expressions of joy and the weeping came together in a sound that was heard far away. Okay, I want you to hear that. They came together, the weeping and the joy, and the sound was heard far away. I believe that the sound of this church will be heard far away. I believe that, okay? I don't, this is, this is not something that God's just gone, oh, I'll just throw that into you. I see it happening, okay? Because of obedience. I see some that maybe weep a little bit that it's not how it was or how it was remembered, but I also see the joy that's mingled with that. And the two together come together in an expression of love and obedience. Be obedient. The journey we're on is very similar to the story of the rebuilding of the temple. Great expectations as the foundations are laid, and then opposition, which stopped the work in its tracks. COVID stopped us in our tracks. We were about to embark on our plans, but perhaps this is the reason they were our plans. 
And maybe God needed to interject and say, I'm going to second Mr. Jackson and everyone else. What about me? What about what I want for you? What about what I want for the coach house? What about what I want for you as an individual? It's all right you making plans, but where am I in it? See, we must be mindful, I must be mindful, the leadership team must be mindful, you as a church must be mindful that only God's plans will ever have any substance. It's about giving him praise and honour and glory, not ourselves. See, opposition, COVID, brought about a pause, but that doesn't mean that nothing has happened. I tell you this for nothing. The leadership team have guarded your foundations and we've fought for you really hard. We've guarded you. And if anything, what we've seen is strengthening and an eagerness to get building as the Lord allows. We've tangibly felt that. We've seen, this, we've seen people coming into the church wanting to engage with things, wanting to get stuff done. And let me tell you, that is some turnaround from where we were a few years ago, where people were actually exiting and not wanting to stay. We may not be able to do church as we envisaged. It's going to be a little bit different. It's going to feel a little bit different. But today, look around you, look around at each other, talk to one another and see what God has been building. Experience it for yourselves. And even if you think "Mm, nothing's been happening, as people talk to you, let their words stir your heart. Because Jesus is alive and he is in the business of building his church. All the hoped for works that we had before COVID, they're still there, but maybe they look a bit more defined now. Maybe we've been challenged in the way we were doing things. Maybe the way they looked and maybe the way we were going to do them has been refined. And we're now officially the coach house. And whilst there are a few things just to bring back into line with that, just a few dotting the I's and crossing the T's, we're fully recognized as a charity which protects our gift aid status, which we were going to lose, and also redefines, redefines the way that we operate together. We cannot operate like we did before. We are accountable to one another. We're also accountable to the Charities Commission. We have to act responsibly before you as leaders. So I don't know what the future holds. Other than that, as we are, as, as we are obedient, God will continue to open the doors. We have seen doors opening that we didn't expect to see open. But God is good. By the same token, we pray that if we're not being obedient, and I, don't, and I mean me, the leadership team, but also you, personalise this. If we're not being obedient, that it will be painfully obvious to us so that we stop before we get hurt. We get to our knees and we do what the early church did. As Peter instructed them, repent, come back and follow me. Again, it's all about God's glory. It's not about 
bringing glory upon us. It's not about going, oh, and our church's good, isn't it? and we've done a good job. It's not about that. It's about God's glory. And this place must be set aside for God's glory. To do that, we put aside, we put aside our pride. And, you know, pride does come to play. We do feel, you know, we've done a good job from time to time, but we need to put that aside, put our personal ambitions aside, and serve him. Serve his purposes. Go where Jesus tells us to go. Now, it's clear to me that God has a long-term plan, a plan that he brings about, regardless of our failings. What we need to do is be tender-hearted and pliant so that we can be molded easily. You see, God will always do what he wants to do, either through our stubbornness, in which case we get hurt, or because we're soft and tender-hearted and pliable, and we allow God just to mold us and shape us. I know which way I'd rather go. I'd rather be pliant and following God and be in his goodness, be in his mercy, be in his grace, rather than say, no, I know best. I'm going to stand here and I'm going to tell you what to do, God, because God will have his way and I will get hurt. I pray that we learn to act in grace towards each other in the same way that God has acted in grace towards us. Now, if we remember how much grace God has given to us, how much we don't deserve what he's done to us, and then we look at other people when we are about to be harsh, let us remember how much grace God gave to us and then act in that same grace to one another. Build one another up. Build God's church. Be attractive to those outside because they'll tell you People will watch how we behave. They will. And even probably more so in these days to come, as people maybe start looking towards God or acting in a searching for spiritual things. They will look at the church. They will look at what they see before them. And we are God's church here. And I want what people to see to, to be something which is attractive. And the only way that will happen is if we are. Jesus. This community is crying out for Jesus. And we are Jesus here. We want to reflect his goodness. See, we're clearly in a different place to where we were. Heaton Chapel Christian Church has closed behind us. We've embraced the culture and the vision of the coach house as given to Joe Bailey long ago. We've re-embraced, we've re-engaged with it. Talk to the leadership team if you want to know how much we've engaged with that. And we are now preparing to step into the unknown. Only it's not unknown for God. It's just unknown for us. Church needs to be relevant and serve the community in which it's placed here. We will do this with the name re-established and the past being dealt with by God. And this is where you come in. The church is the people, not the building. It's you. You are God's ambassadors here. Our job as leadership is to equip you and direct you to reach your potential as you encourage us to reach ours. These are exciting times, but it's important that we maintain our focus on the elements we know make up the coach house. 
So I've drawn out some key elements that I think make us what we are. I've said many times that we're a hospital. People will be brought in to be restored and healed. And we've seen it already, even in the lockdown situation that we've been in. I've been keen to stress that the Lord would not bring people into a hospital without any doctors and nurses. It doesn't do anything. But we're seeing people being drawn in now, and I am positive it is because we have been obedient and patient, and we have started to become the doctors and the nurses that God wants us to be. On Thursday, which I was about to tell you before, on Thursday as we were praying in the prayer meeting, I just had this feeling, and it wasn't because we'd been sailing, I just had this feeling that God was showing me that we were a lifeboat. And I know people have often had kind of pictures like this or whatever, but this lifeboat specifically was picking up people who had life belts in the water. In other words, people that were actually holding on to something, they had something already, they just needed a safe place to be. And I think that goes with the hospital connotation, that actually people will be drawn because they need Jesus but they need a safe place in which to experience Jesus as well. And I want us to be that. I also think that we're a place of training and releasing. We've seen the teaching established in the church over the 16 months that we've been in COVID. The teaching team has been responsible for the beacons and everything else. And you've seen people giving messages. We're developing that all the time. We've done some training together. But now it's time to start establishing the other works as God opens the doors. And I've already said that we've got a a plan to start bringing things into operation. Training up and releasing people into their personal ministries. See, the one team that we've been able to spend some time with and train, and we've seen very positive results from, has been the production team. Because they've been there every Sunday making church work for us. So we've had to work with them. We've worked with the team mentality. We were away last week. So I'm not looking to embarrass anybody. We were away last week. Ben was away last week. And the guys flew on their own for the first time. And I've got to say, did a great job. And we were so pleased because actually what they do is they talk to one another. There's this real team mentality going on. They're not alone. They've formed a team. It's been good to be able to see that the training that they've received, the mentality of working as a team together that they've taken on board, is just working. And actually, we don't have to worry about it, do we? We just turn up to church and it's happening now. So we want to see that throughout all the other things that we're going to try and do. We don't want just people just walking into things without training, without knowing that they're actually in the right place, or even finding their place. Because sometimes you have to kind of step into something to realise that's not your place. I also want the church to be transforming. Look around on any given day at church and you'll see how far we've come. Hopefully when we're together in the, in the hub later, sharing fellowship, you'll just see how much work's been done and you will sense the feeling of homeliness and oneness that I believe this church needs to show. God's done great things individually and collectively because God is 
good. Now we've also, as a church, been missional. We've got a strong discipleship model which leads to a number of other objectives. One of which is our understanding of the missional call in our lives. Now, make disciples of all men, the Bible says, wherever they are. That was the instruction. And we're still engaged with mission speakers throughout the year. And actually, I think we've become more personally involved with them. Let me give you an example of that. Mark Foster, who represents Slavic Gospel Association, who spoke on, I think it was a, a live broadcast, or it was a, a record. no, he did a recording, and then we showed it, because he couldn't get here. And the reason he couldn't get here is he had personal, deep personal family problems. A few months ago, the Lord laid his name on my heart, so I rang him. Um, and as I rang him, it took ages for him to answer the call, and he, rang the, he answered very tentatively. And I said, are you okay? You sound very, very kind of distant. And he said, oh, I'm in Ireland. I'm in a big family funeral, lots of things. And there was obviously so much more going on in his life. Well, he's an ex-pastor of a church in the, on the Wirral. And on Tuesday, we decided that we we're going to get together. He's asked for me to go over and speak to him, be with him, pray with him, and share fellowship with him. That's, so that's a mission speaker. <laughs> who we're actually developing personal links with. So it's my honour, really, to go over and to see Mark. So I would ask you, would you pray for that meeting? Pray for Mark, pray for me as well, for wisdom as we meet together. And finally, love. This church oozes love. Always has done. Always should. It's the underpinning of everything we do. Jesus is love. God is love. Therefore, we should love. I think one of the things that people see when they come into us is love. It's something we've never really lost. But that doesn't mean we've got it right. So we need to develop it more. We need to love each other more. We need to love God more. Because the more we love God, the more we love Jesus personally, individually, as families, and then as church together, the more we do that the more we will naturally love one another. And the more we do that, the more people will see it. Because it's Jesus. That's what he did. He loved people. So I'm very pleased that we've got massive foundations on which to build. Huge. And they're already in place. And God is not a, any man's debtor. So I look forward to seeing what God is going to do. I really do. And I want to give us a chance to express our praise and our worship together. And even to pray out what you believe God is telling you. Because it shouldn't all come from me. It needs to come from God. And God speaks through us all, individually, by his spirit. And I trust you. And we need to learn to trust one another. So let's do that. I want to give us enough chance to be able to share communion together. We'll do that within that time that we're going to do that. But I just want to give you the opportunity to openly worship God. We've been separated for so long, so it's so nice to have everyone together. So don't be afraid to raise your voice if you want to raise your voice. But there's no constraint on you to do that either. We can pray silently. We can fall on our knees. We can stand up. And whatever it takes to worship God... Let us express our love to our Saviour. And let's be church together.
I'm so excited about what God's going to do. And I hope you are as well. But talk to one another. Talk to each other about what your needs are as well so that we can pray one another with one another. And let's be that expression of love that God wants us to be in this church here. Thanks for listening. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram and at www.coachhousechurch.org.